It's the wrestling talk that happens after they kick us off the air. It's the finishing move, the dark matches. And now your hosts, Big John Radcliffe, Road Dog Adam Gillespie, and the bearded wrestling fan Chris Colwell. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the finishing move. It is me, Big John Radcliffe, along with my tag team partner, Chris Colwell, and the third member of our team, Adam the Road Dog Gillespie. Chris, how are you? I am doing fantastic, John. Thank you so much for asking. And Road Dog, how are you? Adam? Oh, boy. His, his mic's not working. This is awkward. Oh, he's, why is he walking out of the studio? Oh, goodness gracious. What did you say to him? I got to do all the heavy lifting around here, man. My I tell gosh. you, that guy runs when the work time to come in. Well, tonight on this edition of the Finishing Move, the Dark Matches, which you can hear, we try to get this done every week for you. You can go to atlsportsx.com. You can find out where all our podcasts lived and previous interviews. We've had some great interviews the past couple of weeks. We've had Impact Wrestlers. Uh, We've had Moose and Michael Elgin join us as Impact Wrestling comes to Atlanta when we are recording this. And you can go back and you can listen to that. We hope you enjoy. But tonight on a special edition of the Dark Matches, we're going to talk dream matches. Oh. And we're going to, I'm intrigued to see what Mr. Colwell comes up with because I have some ideas as well. Now, obviously in dream matches, we can come up with a ton of different scenarios and teams that we'll put together. But for the sake of time, we're just going to do the current champions. Now, the only champions that I'm going to go through, the Universal Champion, the WWE Champion, Raw and SmackDown's Women Champions, respectively, and the Intercontinental Champion. The reason I'm not doing the United States champion as of right now, because the U.S. title, ultimately, that was a WCW, excuse me, that was a WCW property. So we're going to wait before we get to that one, because we still have tons more titles that are out there. Now, here's the premise of how I've done this, Chris. I've gone back to former champions in those respective categories that they'll go up against. So let's go, for example, for the first one, the Intercontinental Champion. Currently, it's held by Braun Strowman. Now, to me, one of the greatest IC champions that has ever existed in WWE history is the bad guy, Reza Ramon. Yes. So in a dream match of Braun Strowman taking on Reza Ramon for the IC title, how do you see that one going? Ooh, well, I think as far as the actual match itself, I mean, we all know Reza Ramon was... When, especially when his head was right, one of the best in-ring wrestlers there ever was. Just great psychology, could really work. Braun Strowman is one of the most athletic big guys I've ever seen. I think Scott Hall would, or Razor Ramon would bump like crazy for Braun, and the match would look great. And honestly, I mean, that's a good pick. I wouldn't have really thought of that one off the top of my head for a dream match. I mean, it would work. I think everything about that match would click. And I definitely think that uh, Razor would be down for the count. See, I struggled with this one because here was the thing. Razor was a big guy, but he wasn't a super heavyweight like Braun is. And we've seen Razor as Scott Hall or Razor Ramon. He's taken on the likes of who was then the giant, now the big show, Paul Wright. We've seen him take on some big guys, and we've seen him take on some big wrestlers. And this one I've, I've struggled with in my head because – I don't know. I think Braun still comes out on top. And one of the reasons that I think that is, I, I always try to think of the movesets. I'm a big fan of watching movesets of wrestlers. Sure. And when I look at Razor Ramon and I look at some of the moves that he did, they weren't conducive to him being able to pick up the big guy. His no. finishing move, the Razor's Edge. 
ultimately it's a crucifix powerbomb, uh, that's almost going to be impossible on Braun Strowman. Well, I mean, that the follow. Honestly, there's a. I think there's a way he could do it, but like Strowman would have to be on the top rope, and he would have to basically grab his arms and f- kind of use his momentum. The thing you, I know he couldn't do to him was the fall away slam. Correct. That would be pretty next to impossible. He also did like a little mini choke slam at, at times. So, I mean, yeah, that would be tough for for him. But and there's a lot of things that Razor Ramon could do. Scott Hall could do. Um, that you didn't see necessarily all the time uh, that I think would have helped him in this style of match. But, I mean, it's how he was able to have matches with with uh, the Giant or, or the Big Show, uh, whatever you want to call him, even his best friend, Kevin Nash. I mean, he had he had a, some pretty solid matches with Kevin, actually, both the, uh, when they were in WWF and that uh, Halloween Havoc match from, I think it was 98. And, uh, I mean, it's just a matter of, I think the match itself would be great. It's a matter of figuring out how you book it and is there any way to do it believably with Razor Ramon winning it? That one would be a tough one. Now, another one that I came up with. We're going to go to the WWE SmackDown Women's Champion. That's currently held by Bailey. Now, Bailey, she is a, I want to call her more of a ground and pound, not even ground and pound. She's more of a grappler. She's, i.e., a female macho man, Randy Savage. The elbow from the top is paying homage to him. And when I thought about this one, I had to think of someone else that would be almost a counter. I would felt like would be a little bit of a counter in styles that would go with this one. And for this one, I thought of Lita. Now, obviously, the WWE SmackDown Women's Champion didn't exist when this took place. It was just the Women's Championship. And obviously, we've had it separated here. But this was just one that when I thought about Lita, because Lita, you know, you keep in mind, she was she was trained as a luchador wrestler. So she was a high flyer. She was Hurricane Rana's. She was um, the moonsault was her finishing move where Bailey, even though it's the elbow, she's actually even added a submission hold to her repertoire. So this one kind of I thought would be a little bit more fun to watch. But at the end of the day, I felt like Bailey might actually come on top. I do, too. And I'll say this. I think Bailey would give Lita one of her best matches, probably the best match that Lita ever had, because the one thing you know, Lita had that lucha style, and she could bounce around and do some of that stuff. But sometimes she could get a little sloppy in the ring. And you know, her best opponent back then was Trish Stratus, who again wasn't the smoothest. Bailey, to me, if you look at all the four horsewomen, she's the smoothest wrestler of all of them. She's the most consistently athletic. She doesn't do anything necessarily spectacular, other than that elbow drop. But. She doesn't do anything unspectacular. There's nothing that you can go, well, you know, that's a little awkward. She's arguably the most smooth and most consistent in-ring wrestler of the Four Horsewomen. And for that reason, I think that is a fantastic choice for a, a dream match. Just in, Now, are we talking ba- the current state of Bailey? Are we talking heel Bailey? Are we talking babyface Bailey? No, we're talking heel Bailey. Remember, basing this off the current champion, it's who they are, where they are right okay. now. Gotcha. Well, either way, I mean, yeah, she'd be a good fodder for someone like Lita who can do all that high flying stuff. Bailey could ground her. We'd have a good solid match, and you'd see a lot of good stuff. Now, going to the Raw Women's Champion, who is currently the man, Becky Lynch. This was another one that I wanted to think of, hopefully, which would be a, a change-up of styles. This one, I, I, I kind of went the easy answer, and it's Trish Stratus. Obviously, Trish Stratus, WWE Hall of Famer. And I think with Trish Stratus, the chick kick versus uh, Becky uh, Bailey, I'm sorry, Becky Lynch's, excuse me, <laughs> Becky Lynch, I think that's Who? where you're going to get up. 
I said Becky Lynch. You did say Becky Lynch. Yes. I'm just making sure you're right. Yeah, you're trying to throw me an audio fun bag, huh? Yeah, pretty much. No, we're not doing that around these parts. <laughs> Adam, you haven't weighed in yet. What do you have to say? Adam? Did he fall asleep? Speechless, huh? With one, you know, he got up and walked out, and then he came back. Now he's asleep. He's talking about he had a pre-dinner or pre-sleep sleep. I don't even know what that's about. <laughs> But with this one, I felt like this would be a, a good match of styles, kind of with Becky and Trish. And I'm still up in the air. I don't know who would win this one. I think Becky would because, you know, Trish was determined. Her her in-ring style, especially, you know, as the baby face, was very determined. But she also, you know, did a lot. She did the chick kick. She did the elbow or not the elbow, the uh, bulldog. Um, but, you know, she was very – she was – she was a work in progress for basically her entire career. She steadily got better and better and better. But, you know, even when she was really kind of getting on the map as, like, the star of the women's division, she wasn't exactly the most well-rounded wrestler that they had. Becky Lynch is there, no doubt in my mind, that she's a very polished wrestler. And Becky Lynch just has a fire to her that is just hard to contain. And I don't know that Trish could stand up to that. Great point. I mean, look— I'm not going to sit here and pretend like in Trisha's start of her in-ring career, I wasn't a big fan of her. It was, you know, you just you hit the nail on the head. Just wasn't that great. She was she was nice to look at. I won't take that away from it, but it wasn't that great. And she got better and got better and got better. And I think once she even started going against, I'm going to have to use the phrase, for lack of a better term, some more seasoned women's wrestlers. Even just so much like she when she went up against a Molly, when she took on the likes of uh, Mickey James, I think those were people that helped her get better. But I think you're right. I think Becky Lynch, having done this for so long, I think Becky Lynch having evolved and ultimately the man persona, I think has been a big thing to help her because I think it's been something that has made her add some new things to her repertoire. And whether you want to say heel or face, however you want to look at it, I think it's been a big step that's helped add some things to to the things that she does in the ring. Well, I don't disagree with that. And I think you look at, you try to compare the errors a little bit, and Trish was, without a doubt, I mean, you can't really argue, she was the best of her era. Uh, there's no argument. Even Lita would have been second best to Trish, I, I think, in the long run there in the company. But, you know, we look at what the women's division is now and the caliber of wrestler that we have. And I don't know that there was anybody in the in that earlier women's division, along with Trish, that could really stand up to the top tier of what we have now. And I think if you book a Bailey against Leader, a Becky against Trish, any combination, Charlotte against, you know, we saw it at SummerSlam, Charlotte and Trish, it doesn't really matter which one of the, the main stars of today you put with the stars of, you know, those early 2000s, I think you're going to have to go with the current star. No, that, you're exactly right with that. And, I mean, I know where your your point kind of comes from. If you've been listening to the finishing move, the dark matches for some time, I, I, I'm not debating that portion with you because I think you can take whoever you want to say is at the bottom of the women's division now and put them up against, I mean, I'll take out Lita, I'll take out Trish. Trish you know, they're going to beat Stacey Keebler. They're going to beat. Does Stacey really count as a wrestler, they're though? Gonna, she was an in-ring competitor. They're going to beat Kelly Kelly. Yes. They're going to beat Tori Wilson. The Bella Twins. See, different time. Uh, Bella the Twins. Bella Twins. 
you really don't like the Bellas. What did you date one of them and they broke your heart? What did they do to you? No, I, I did not. No, we're not going to go down the road. You know, you obviously they should some, not be Hall of Famers. You obviously have some sort of angst or hate against them. It's just, it's just, it's sad. It's just sad. Nikki broke John Cena's heart. Oh wait, it was the other way around, wasn't it? I'm so sorry. I got that backwards. Forgive me. I'm just going to move on because you are <laughs> obviously in an emotional state. Uh, so we move on. And I'm going to save the Universal Championship for last because I think I might have put together one that I think you might like a little bit. Okay. So we're going to go with the current WWE champion. That's Brock Lesnar. And I think you tweeted this out, and I couldn't remember. I've been racking my brain, so I hope I'm right on this one because I don't think we ever got Brock Lesnar taking on Stone Cold Steve Austin. It was supposed to happen on Monday Night Raw when Stone Cold took his ball and went home. Correct. King of the Ring match, qualifying match that supposedly Brock was supposed to win because there was going to be Stone Cold was feuding with Eddie Guerrero. There was supposed to be interference. Austin got upset about it, didn't like the booking, took his ball, went home, wasn't back until the very next year. We never did get to see that dream match. And I thought I was just wanted to double check myself because I couldn't remember, and so I wanted to be sure about that. And that was I thought that's the way it took place. So that's the match that I have. Brock Lesnar taking on Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'll tell you right now, it would be a... <laughs> what, is, what did JR say? say it's going to be a, slo- a slobber knocker. It's going to be a slobber knocker, and it would probably be bowling shoe ugly. It would be a brawl, no doubt. I think... Now, I need to clarify before I decide who's going to win this thing. Steve Austin... The the Stone Cold that of the Attitude Era or Steve Austin prior to the neck injury? Stone Cold prior to the neck injury. Okay. All right. That makes it interesting. I, look, st- one of the most hard-nosed, we talked about Becky Lynch being, or uh, Trish being determined, Becky Lynch having that fire. Stone Cold very much the same way. Um, boy, he would make it tough on a guy that's supposed to be unbeatable in Brock Lesnar. And... And we're talking modern-day Brock, which he pretty much dominates everybody. Uh, I, I definitely think Steve Austin probably would have beat the uh, original Ruthless Aggression era Brock Lesnar. But this version of Brock, who that's tough to say that he would, especially prior to the neck injury, Steve Austin was much more of a all-around in-ring wrestler, took a lot more bumps. Um, you know, the stunner was already, I guess he was already doing the stunner by he then, was. but maybe he hadn't perfected it. Just yet, and I think that would be the difference here because Brock Lesnar is just such a monster at this point. He's twice the, I mean, arguably twice the size he was in his original prime in WWE. So I think Brock Lesnar would still win. I don't know. And one of the reasons that I don't know is because I think that Stone, I think that Stone Cold was just a wily of enough vet that he would be able to pull out those little extra things, those moments when we would watch Stone Cold go. And particularly, I mean, it was so simple in its form, just the good old-fashioned Thez Press. And as simple as it was in terms of a move, it was effective. It was effective enough, particularly when you took down a big guy, it slowed it down enough. I don't know if this might be just the fan in me talking. I think Stone Cold wins this one. I think Ooh, I think it is the fan in you talking. But, I mean, I definitely think... Steve Austin, prior to the neck injury, has a has a chance to win against Brock Lesnar. But Steve Austin, post taking the German suplexes, game over. That's why I didn't game go over. Post. I said pre. That's why I asked for clarification. And that's why I, I even you got to keep in mind before you got 
a RKO out of out of nowhere, you got a stunner that just came as quick as a hiccup. Yep. And that's the, one of the things that I think people forget is that just how fast he could get that stunner in. And keep in mind, even you, you got to remember in the image that you have, Stone Cold sometimes would even just kind of take the sharpshooter and use it a little bit. So you would throw something like that in there. Million think, dollar dream, too. I think that would slow down Brock enough to where Stone Cold might be able to pull the victory out. I don't know that current Brock, he would have really done a whole lot of damage with the sharpshooter just because his legs are just like tree trunks. But he could definitely wind him down with a move like the Million Dollar Dream that he took from Ted DiBiase when DiBiase was his manager very or when he was a ringmaster early in his WWE run. Now, I mean, you're right about the stutter. That would definitely be a difference maker. And while they never had a match... You know, Steve Austin did rock Brock at least once with the stunner at WrestleMania 20, but I think he might have got him one other time with it. So there's there's a history there of seeing Brock get taken down by him, but there's also the history of Steve Austin taking the F5. So I don't know. That's a very good question. I think Brock's just so dangerous now because all of his impact, all of his in, you know, all of his repertoire, of, and it's not a huge you know arsenal of moves, but they're all just devastating because. He basically takes a guy and throws him halfway across the ring. And that Steve Austin could take that bump and could do that. I think eventually the the German suplexes would have worn him down. Yeah, but I think the other part that goes to it that you forget, Steve, Steve Austin knew how to just literally tear someone apart. So I think the portion of it where Steve Austin would work on Brock's legs it's hard to do an F5 when you can barely stand up. Well, at the same time, what's one of Brock Lesnar's like top moves that, well, at least I don't know the last time he used that. Well, no, he used it as Cain Velasquez, the Kimura. Well, you know, if he takes out Steve Austin's arm, how's he going to hit a stunner? Great point. So it'd be a fun one. I'm still going with my answer. Now, for the final one, this one I thought would be a little bit fun. <laughs> you had You had to work real hard on that list of Universal Champions, didn't you? Well, because the Universal title didn't exist, you're exactly right. It did not exist back then. But I did it just like I did the women's division where you have you can separate them out. So I kind of had to separate this one out just a little bit. And I wanted to come up with a champion that would go up against the current champion, Bill Goldberg. Ooh. I wanted to come up with someone that I'd almost say would be a contrast of styles. And I wanted to come up with someone that – Obviously, I've said my piece on how I feel about old-school wrestlers getting in the ring, Bill Goldberg being an old-time wrestler. So I wanted to go with someone that didn't have a ton of moves but definitely could be just as explosive as Goldberg in the the ring. And it's Bill Goldberg taking on the Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior, because of the size, the strength, the power – it's one of those moments that when you're watching it, I, I'm, I would be in just pure excitement because you're matching power for power. You're matching strength for strength. It's the spear versus the splash. And I thought this one would be a very fun match to see. Well, I tell you right now, it would be one of the ugliest wrestling matches that the world that has statement. ever seen. <laughs> I'm not arguing God. that statement. It would be Ooh. one of the slowest matches the world has probably seen. And, and prob- somebody probably would have ended up injured because the lack of actual like knowledge of executing moves correctly. So who knows what would have happened. Um, <laughs> I'll say this. I think goal- the intensity of both guys... 
was off the charts. When you just look, you believe that they were about to do something to somebody. But I will tell you right now, Goldberg, you know, was intense coming out. He would do everything, his, his thing in the entranceway with the pyro and everything. He'd march his way down to the ring. He was ready to fight. The Ultimate Warrior would sit there and sprint around the ring over and over again to the point that he was pretty much gassed from the start of the match. I think one spear early on, much like Goldberg's done to Brock Lesnar, and you're talking about game over, I think Goldberg would beat the Ultimate Warrior. Here's where I think the Ultimate Warrior would win. Oh, snap. And I, you almost have to channel the warrior where the spirits would come about and the inner warrior, the little warriors would send their energy to him. And I think a timed spear, just as as Goldberg's getting up to actually hit the jackhammer, the warrior gets back up. I don't think he stays down. I think the warrior gets back up. And keeping in mind, I'm going to go logical here. We're talking about a young ultimate warrior jacked taking on a much older Goldberg I think the young warrior comes out on top that's okay now that we yeah that's a good point you got the the youth and the age but then again it didn't matter against Brock Lesnar and it didn't matter against the fiend who's supposed to be unbeatable apparently Goldberg has drank out of a fountain of uh, uh, you know youth somewhere and he's just as unstoppable now if not more than he was back then so I mean <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I think Goldberg would win that thing. Now, can I throw another option at you? I, mean, sure. I see where you were going with that. Sure. I'll counter with another another chance here. Uh, you got Goldberg, obviously, in this spot. We're going to go kind of the same era. Now, we did get to see on Monday Nitro the dream, quote-unquote, big match of Hollywood Hulk Hogan and Goldberg. But that was Hollywood Hulk Hogan. That was the heel, cowardly, NWO Hulk Hogan. What would it have been if it had been Goldberg and the real American, the yellow and red and yellow, the the American hero Hulk Hogan of the late 80s? The thing about that is I, I thought about that one. I went down that road for a little while. First of all, what you run into is you run into two guys who don't have a whole lot of moves. <laughs> Uh, the Ultimate Warrior did? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're running the two guys who ain't got a whole lot of moves. I mean, look, at least Kevin Nash would say, look, I got five moves. I do five moves really well. You you got five guys who don't have a whole lot of moves. <sighs> well, but we know Hulk Hogan could do more moves. We just never saw him. Watch his Japan matches where he had to bust out some other moves. Yeah, his back was bad by the time he became the real American. That's very true. His back was was going very bad at that point in time. At that point, I think I'd go with Goldberg. Now, once again, th- this might be my fandom talking because, Adam, what's your thoughts on it? He's speechless. Well, I think he's speechless because it's in his mind it's it's common sense that Hulk Hogan wins all matches. And that's exactly that why. That question should have never been asked. That's why I turned to him because he believes Hulk Hogan wins all matches. So that's where I think I don't know if I, I, I'm being biased here because Hulk Hogan's not supposed to win all matches and Goldberg win, continues on. You know what? I got to change my answer. I'm gonna sk- oh. I'm gonna go back to my logic number one because the younger Hulk Hogan, yep. even though he was beat yep. up, would beat Goldberg. But then the other portion of it that I actually just sit back and went into my head to think about, 
Goldberg, this Goldberg, the universal champion Goldberg, struggled to pull to perform the jackhammer on The Fiend. Don't get me wrong, The Fiend's not a little guy. No. Whether you're talking Ultimate Warrior or whether you're talking Hulk Hogan, he's got to get one of them over to perform the jackhammer, and I think that would be the struggle. I think, I think he could get Ultimate Warrior up for it. I don't think he could get Hulk Hogan up for bro, it. Bro, Google Ultimate Warrior and look how thick he was. Oh, I know then. he was thick, but Hulk Hogan was six foot seven. Ultimate Warrior is probably like six three, six four. He wasn't as tall as Hogan. Hogan was definitely, I but he was way, way wider. And what I mean by that, I'm not just talking about height. I'm talking about Ultimate Warrior was a big, was a wide guy. He, he his arms, his legs, they were massive. So it's one of those moments where when I'm looking at it, it's hard to sit here and think, yeah, he'd get him over. He'd get him done. No, no, no problem. You're talking Ultimate Warrior 6-2-280. Now, I don't know if this is Ultimate Warrior at the tail end of his uh, his time with us here on Earth. But uh, he, no, I doubt that. I'm sure that the because I was looking at the same thing. You That's got to be it says build weight. So that's his. Height and weight of his, uh, at the very least, it was him at the uh, WCW. Now, that's a big guy. He's jacked up. He's got a ton of muscle. Hulk Hogan, though, billed at 6'7", 302 pounds. Now, that's an extra 20 pounds, not to mention an extra 5 inches of height. So, I think that's Hulk the difference. Hogan, somebody might be uh, messing with... Uh some heights here. I don't think Hulk Hogan was 6'7". Oh, yeah. In his prime, he was. Now, the back, bothered him to the point that he started to have that slouch, he got shorter over time. I remember looking at, if you remember the original face-off between Hogan and Rock, when Hogan came in the company with the NWO prior to 2002 WrestleMania, Ho- Rock looked taller than, than Hogan, but in reality, at his prime, Hogan probably was taller than The Rock, and The Rock was... I mean, Rock is every bit of six, 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 seven. But that slouch and that those uh, back injuries just kind of age will do that to you. I stick with my answers. Still going with Hogan. Still, still going with my answers. Now I'm gonna tell you what the problem with this last one to begin with: the fact that Goldberg is the current and not the dream oh guy that we're picking. See, 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 I, but see, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there I'm too sorry far. I started with you guys. My I'm blood's sorry. gonna boil. I'm gonna get sorry. mad like I did last yelling. week, and I don't want to do that. He's already yelling. It's not like I bought up the Bellas. I'm not gonna do it. He's over here yelling about this. He's mad because the Bellas won't go out on a date with him. So he. Won't I'm put them married. In. I don't need to go on a date He's with the Bellas. He's mad because the Bellas wouldn't have gone out on a date with him. Back My wife in the is day. much more attractive than either one of them. And so he's upset about that. He doesn't want to put them in the Hall of Fame. And now they don't up, belong in the Hall of Fame. Now he's up at, upset at Goldberg, and he's supposed to be a UGA fan, and he's upset at Goldberg. I, I, a I'm Goldberg a Goldberg guy, but a Goldberg shouldn't be champion. I mean, just mad at no mad at the Goldberg world. wrestling no WrestleMania doesn't bother me. Goldberg as champion bothers me. Finishing move, the dark matches, fans, do me a favor. Pray for Chris Colwell. Um, yes, always pray for me. Pray, pray for, for us him. all. He's a, he's a I'm looking man. at your screen right now, Big John. You got your two angry. world champions, Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. You know the last time they were both world champions at the same time? He's angry. 2003. He's angry. 17 years ago, man. I mean, what are they doing? Miz and Morrison. Why are they doing this to us? Miz and Morrison were champions 10 years ago, and they gave them the title again. They were young ago. guys then. Goldberg was already old by then. I see him yelling about that. Brock Lesnar's champion's not that. as bad. Goldberg, no, come on. He's all upset. Now, he's perfectly okay with the fact that The Undertaker might <laughs> be at WrestleMania. Undertaker... 
He's not wrestling for a title. I mean, perfectly honest with you, no, no disrespect, Taker. Undertaker really should have met an Undertaker by now. <laughs> a real life now, Undertaker. Hold on, man. You said that, not me. <laughs> Here, this guy is just mad about this kind of stuff. He's just angry for no reason. It's probably perfectly okay that the boogeyman is actually like 70. He did, he, did the boogie- <laughs> he still should have won tough enough. Boogeyman was boogeyman was too old to be in tough enough. <laughs> That's how old he was. He's too old. I'm well aware of that. He got disqualified. But he was in better shape than everybody that was there, including I mean, the future Ryback, Ryan Reeves. I mean, you, you, and and that little twerp from uh, Real World that's now your tag team champion. See what I got to deal with here? You see what I got to deal with here, ladies and gentlemen? All right, so that was the dream matches. We had a ton of fun with the dream matches. We're going to do this some more. Wait, cause... is that the new name of our podcast? No. The dark, We're now finishing with the dream matches. No. Why would we do that? That doesn't even sound right. Sure it does. No, Dark it matches, dream matches. Okay, we're going to end this because Colwell's <laughs> blood sugar is low and he's just losing his mind. He's hungry right now. He's hangry. Have a Snickers. <laughs> Snickers, if you want to sponsor this. Who am this, I acting like right now? Somebody, right? Isn't that what usually happens in the Snicker? Goldberg? Mm-hmm. No, because... I. No, Goldberg didn't talk. I'm talking. I'm yelling. Hey, why didn't we do an NXT uh, dream match? Acting like Mark Zeno, actually. About three to six. (laughs) I'm kind of used to all the yelling. Well, that's neither here nor there. We're going to wrap this one up. Guys, thank you for tuning in to the finishing move, the dark matches. For my tag team partners, Chris Colwell and Adam Gillespie. Adam, how you doing over there, buddy? Man, please say something. The fans want to hear from I you. I know. Boy. Go dogs. No. Nothing, no. nothing from the guy. Hulk Hogan sucks. Oh. Oh, you said that part. That's cold. He just made of. a gesture at me that should not be done. It's just <laughs> terrible. On behalf of my tag team partners, Adam Roadog Gillespie, Chris Cole, I'm Big John Radcliffe. You've been listening to The Finishing Move, The Dark Matches, as well as you can hear us every Thursday on the Atlanta Sports X, 1230 a.m. 106.3 FM, or you can download the Sports X app, as well as you can check us out on Google, iTunes, wherever you download Spotify. your Spotify, Spotify, wherever you download your podcast from, as well as check us out on YouTube for the Finishing Move Live. So there's so much you can do. There's no reason why you shouldn't keep up with us. So until next time, keep on wrestling. We'll talk to you soon.